0: What's up, horror babies? Welcome back to Horror Struck, a horror commentary podcast where we look at the genre through the lens of a diehard fan and of me, a scaredy cat. I'm Riley Ott. I am joined by my co-host and best friend, Cecilia Talbert. This week, we took a look at the 1986 film Night of the Living Dead, directed by George A. Romero.
1: Spoiler warnings for Night of the Living Dead. There will be many spoilers. Hello, you've been waiting so anxiously for me. Are you excited?
0: I've been sitting here for a full hour, (laughs) waiting, wondering where you are.
1: I told Riley that we would record at one their time, not realizing that that's not 11 my time, that's 10 my time. So I went just took a bath the last hour.
0: I was very confused. I was trying to subtly hint at it, but I didn't think you understood. I sent you the, what? what is it? What does Jacob say?
1: I thought you were just watching Twilight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, sent, so
1: I was like, that's funny. No, I
0: sent the Where, you, the, where the Hell You Been, Loca clip. I was like, she'll get the hint right. Maybe she lost track of time. Nope. Nothing. I received nothing in return.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw the first one. I'm like, oh, Riley's gonna spend this next hour before we record watching, watching New Moon. Wouldn't be unheard of. And then you sent me another one, but I was in the bath at that point, so I just assumed it was another clip from twilight so i said i'll watch it when i get out of the bath
0: oh my god no it was me being so confused (laughs) sorry that's okay
1: oh man
0: what's up what's going on how are you
1: i'm great okay i went down to phoenix and did a little halloween trip So I got some spooky village stuff real cheap because, of course, it's October, so they have to get rid of it. We need Christmas to be up right now. It's
0: on sale already? It's like October 3rd.
1: I know, it's insane. It was 50% off. I probably would have gotten more if they hadn't already been pretty much sold out. Pretty much what they had, I grabbed.
0: (laughs) I mean, I guess if you realize, oh, all these stupid Halloween nerds are going to decorate on the 1st, It kind of makes sense to sell it that early.
1: I think they're just like, this is a reasonable time that we can get rid of all this stuff. I guarantee you in a week, because I know that some places already have it up because that always happens, but I feel like in a week, almost everyone will have at least started their Christmas displays.
0: That's too early. It's nowhere near December.
1: It's still fall. Like, don't have Halloween stuff up, but have like autumn stuff up.
0: Yeah, there's like multiple holidays in between there. Uh, Yeah, it's fine
1: capitalism, America, what can you do?
0: I'm glad you got some good deals.
1: Other than that, I think the only thing that I've watched, I watched this movie on Shutter called Superhost.
0: Oh, okay, I've heard of this.
1: It was decent. I, I had a good time. I don't think it was anything like super groundbreaking, but I had a lot of fun. The movie is about this couple who they have a YouTube channel. And it's called Superhost. So they go to different Airbnbs where the rating is really high and they review it. They go to one in particular and then weird stuff starts happening and their host is around them all the time and she's a little unstable and she was probably the best part of the whole movie. She's played by Gracie Gillum, who was in the Teen Beach movies. Oh, okay. I can't remember her character name, but it was one of those things that as I was watching the movie, I was like, she looks so familiar. And then I looked up her filmography and I was like, oh, okay, that's what I know her from. Yeah, it's a good fun time. It's really short. It's only an hour and a half. So if you're just looking for something really quick to watch, yeah, it's entertaining.
0: There's so many movies that have that similar concept that came out around the same time. Like there's that, there's that one BR movie, and then there's the, the Dave Franco one, like the rental, I think. That all just revolve around like, I moved in or I'm visiting somewhere spooky.
1: There's one twist in particular that I think is so easy to guess from literally the beginning of the movie, but I still enjoyed it. (laughs)
0: If I ever get Shudder, I'll watch it. I've got Tubi now, which apparently is really good for horror stuff. If you weed out all of the weird, like, Ouija shark and stuff like that that's on there. Oh, actually, I did watch a movie on Shudder, except I'm dumb and I paid like $2 to watch it on Prime. What'd you watch? I watched Tigers Are Not Afraid from 2017. It was a Mexican horror film. Mm, How was it? It was really good. I cried a lot
1: you are very emotional
0: yeah that's true no you're not wrong I mean
1: yes but that's not a bad thing (laughs) no
0: it uh does that thing that a lot of Mexican horror films do where it's like ooh, the spooky supernatural thing is actually the thing that's here to help you and it's the you know society and gangs and shit that are actually the the scary part the devil's backbone I was like oh it's a lot like that but it was cool it had a lot of really good visuals too And I watched The Craft.
1: I love The Craft.
0: It holds up pretty well.
1: It gets so dark. Yeah. It does hold up fairly well.
0: They really just throw you into all the witch stuff too. It's like maybe five minutes of the movie and they're like, yeah, they're witches. Like for real.
1: I like that their power builds though. I like that it's not just straight off the bat that they're like conjuring gods. It builds to that.
0: They get a little greedy about all their power and then it backfires. I like that. It was good.
1: Yeah, anything else?
0: I think I might watch Possum today. Have you ever seen it? It looks terrifying. No. You know the guy from Bly? He plays Dominic, the kid's dad. And he's in that, like, what the is it called? That show that Richard Ayoade and um the other guy from the IT crowd were on.
1: Oh, Garth Marenghi. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that. He's, so he's the dad in Bly. The, oh. The dyes, oh,
1: okay, yeah, like yeah. the kid's
0: dad. He wrote and directed it. And it's about, like, a puppeteer. But his puppet is really fucking creepy.
1: Oh, I'll totally watch it. He's
0: not in it, but yeah. At least I don't think he is. But
1: he directed it, he made it.
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm cool with it that. It looks
0: really creepy. I'll send you a trailer.
1: Yeah, I think that's all the catch up.
0: I don't care. I hate talking to you. Let's get this over
1: <laughs> So, second movie in our Halloween spooktacular, we decided to do the classic zombie film, Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> spooky zombies
0: i'm sorry not zombies ghouls or
1: those things ghouls yeah so this is the quintessential zombie film i mean this is this is pretty much the creation of the modern zombie as we know it
0: yes I think all the rules from this movie are kind of what leaked into zombie lore today. It's all pretty much the same.
1: Apparently, Giorgio Romero, a lot of the things that he decided to put into the zombies are actually things that the vampires do in I Am Legend, the book.
0: Oh, I've never read it.
1: So like the insatiable like hunger and everything. It's just more of the idea that some of the things that are put into the modern zombies are actually taken from vampires i think are really interesting
0: who wrote that i have no idea it's the same guy that wrote the hell house book right i read that and i hated it possibly i'm not sure i'll skip it i think that's a short story though right or like a novella i am no help (laughs) oh i'm sorry
1: why are you sorry are you sorry that i am no help (laughs) yeah i'm sorry for you i'm sorry that you're not better at helping me (laughs) exactly know all the facts be smarter please One of the reasons I think zombies are so popular, they do serve a very good metaphor. And I think zombie movies do something really interesting where the story kind of ends up becoming much less about the creature attacking as opposed to the people trying to survive. And I don't know if there's any other really like monster genre that really applies to. I don't know. Yeah, because weros are all about just fighting yourself vampires are about being sexy
0: obviously unless it's like an actual like creature feature which I have not seen a lot of the only other movie I can think of is like the host that Bong Joon-ho did that's like similar to this but not using zombies but yeah they they do a good job especially if you look at films like Train to Busan or Army of the Dead who have done it recently it's always just a social commentary or like A lot of the zombie movies, especially uh, Romero's, are about, like, capitalism. Like, if you look at Dawn of the Dead later. So, yeah, they're a good device.
1: Yeah, Romero has done a really good job of... I feel like every time he's done a big zombie film, it's really evolved the genre. Because I think in this one in particular, Night of the Living Dead, I think it definitely deals with, like, you see the change in culture with the Vietnam War happening, with all the racial injustice and all, like, um... Just all these different tensions rising to the surface. So I think it's really interesting. And I think the end of this movie is very telling for what this movie is trying to say.
0: From the interviews that I watched with George A. Romero, he never really intended this to have any kind of social commentary. He just happened to cast a black man in this role because he was the best actor that auditioned. But whether it was his intention or not, I think it was very unavoidable, especially this movie coming out in 1968 at the height of the civil rights movement. There's no way that you can avoid those comparisons, even if it was not on purpose.
1: Dwayne Jones, who plays Ben, I know when he was cast, they rewrote his role. From what I understand is that Ben was supposed to be a lot more brash, a lot more, like, argumentative and angry and not so resourceful and cool-headed. So they rewrote it because of his audition and how he was going to portray the character. And they did the same thing with Barbara, Judith uh, O'Day. Barbara was originally going to be a lot more self-reliant, and be able to take care of herself. And they kind of liked the juxtaposition of her going kind of catatonic. And Ben having to take care of her. So they rewrote her role also. Which I guess if you watch the remake, which I haven't. I think it came out in 1990. They revert her back to what she was initially going to be in the first movie. I kind of like her trauma catatonic Ness. I like to see the different levels of how people deal with this stressful, terrible situation.
0: Oh, yeah. And they've got all the levels of it. I think if you look at Ben's characters, like, okay, I'm smart. I'm resourceful. I'm resilient. Here's what I can do and stay level-headed. Then you've got Cooper, who is basically just in like a power struggle. And he's like, well, this black man can't know better than me. So I'm going to be stubborn. And here's what I think we should do.
1: It's a combination of that and like, Harry being like my dick's bigger and then Ben being like no my dick's bigger.
0: Would have to side with Ben not about his dick. I I would have to see the two to compare them. <laughs> I like, well, um,
1: <laughs> but no,
0: I, he's right the whole time.
1: No, I I end up agreeing with Ben the whole time, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it has to be so frustrating to have this guy challenging you. It comes off as racial tension if you're watching yeah, it sure. from that lens. Barbara as well. There's this extra layer Of like, is this girl more freaked out by the zombies outside? Or it's 1968, you're trapped in a house with a black man. Is she more afraid of just being trapped in here with him?
1: Yeah, I think it's both. I think it's fairly layered.
0: I thought he was nice and hot. He kept punching people and that was pretty hot.
1: I just laughed so hard that moment in the movie where Barbara slaps Ben and then Ben just punches her.
0: I mean, I, I understand. He's like, this woman is hysterical. Let me just knock her out real fast. She's only going to get in the way. I
1: also understand, but it's just, it's just such an escalation. It just makes me I laugh. mean,
0: at that point though, you don't have a lot of time to. But he
1: needed to do it because she is just, yeah, she becomes a lot to handle. Yeah. I think the character perspective on who our hero and protagonist is changes because when the movie starts it's barbara and her brother johnny they are driving to the cemetery to lay like flowers on their father's grave because that's what their mother wants them to do in that moment you're almost you're almost supposed to see johnny as the protagonist but then it quickly switches to barbara and then barbara gets to the farmhouse, and when Ben enters the scene, it switches to Ben. So I think it's really interesting.
0: It's a lot of whiplash. I remember the first time watching it, I was like, what the hell is going on? Who am I supposed to be following?
1: The idea that we start following a white character and then she kind of gives her agency and power to this black man. So it's it's almost like a way to ease, like, especially if you've got a really racist audience, to ease them into kind of siding with Ben.
0: Oh, it's like that the Trojan horse thing that Orange is the New Black did.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Where they're
0: like, here is this white woman. Oh no, she's going to prison. How sad. All right, fuck her. Here's what we're actually going to start talking about.
1: Yes, yeah. That's the perfect way to put it.
0: Yeah, it's smart if that's what his intention was, which I still don't think it was because he said multiple times, like, I wrote this character as a white guy originally. Dwayne just happened to show up.
1: I think we can talk about things as the story progresses. Do you just want to jump into the plot?
0: Yeah, it's a pretty quick movie. Well, let's do it.
1: Yeah, so we already talked about Barbara and her brother, Johnny, going to the cemetery. They have a very bantery relationship. Johnny's just very annoyed by the fact that they have to take this three-hour trip to go to this grave. You do get little hints that things are starting to happen because before they get out of the car, a news broadcast comes on. And then they cut the engine and they mention, oh, that was weird, that station. There wasn't anything playing on it. And now all of a sudden they like broke him with a news announcement that we're just not going to listen to. Oh, well, go to their father's grave. Barbara's so sweet. She's like praying for him and Johnny, come on, let's go. And when he realizes that Barbara is afraid of the cemetery, he starts making fun of her and he sees a man off in the distance kind of (laughs) shambling. And of course, as an audience member, you're like, that's a zombie. I mean, probably not then, but now you do know that. He starts joking with Barbara. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. And that bites him on the ass real quick because as they walk past the shambling man he turns on Barbara and attacks her Johnny goes to defend her and in the process he is killed he gets his head um, smashed on a tombstone essentially and Barbara has to flee and she has this chase scene. These zombies are actually smart. They're trying to open doors.
0: Oh yeah, the Train to sound zombies could not do that.
1: She locks the doors. The zombie takes a rock and bashes the window open. That's when she releases the parking brake on the car, rolls down the hill, hits a tree, gets out, and runs until she finds the farmhouse. She goes inside, locks everything up. She's smart. She gets a knife. So she's ready to, she doesn't know what's happening, but she's ready to defend herself. Oh, also, she lost her shoes.
0: Yeah, I, I really want to watch the 1990 version because I, I like the performance that this actress gave, but I would have really liked to see Barbara actually try a little bit more. Yeah. But I do have notes on this first, uh, this first scene. Number one, that zombie looked exactly like Peter Capaldi. <laughs>
1: does! He looks so much like Peter Capaldi. It
0: was distracting. I was like, I know there's no possible way he could have been in this movie and also be the same age today. But that was him. Two, did you read why they had the car crash into the tree?
1: Somebody like ran into the car that they were using, right?
0: They borrowed someone's mom's car and while they had it parked at the cemetery, someone hit it and they were like, fuck, okay, well, how are we going to explain this? Because now our car's all smashed up for this scene.
1: And they did it. They made it work. It seems like they were fairly resourceful on figuring things out.
0: This movie does a lot for the zombie genre, but it also did a lot for independent film and for what they're able to get away with in this movie visually it's incredible so just their quick thinking you can see it throughout the movie
1: although there are parts of the movie that are definitely aged I think overall most of the movie holds up
0: there's some creepy stuff
1: some of the effects too
0: dude the dead body that's in the house that's creepy as hell
1: do you know that uh, Romero made that?
0: Yeah, with ping pong ball eyes. That's the creepiest part too. <laughs> Knowing it's ping pong balls is kind of nice.
1: I kind of like that they never explain it.
0: Do you think it was just the people who actually lived there? Like, Because none of the people that show up actually lived in the barn house.
1: So I guess the question is, do you think maybe a zombie had started there and killed her so much that she wasn't able to get back up and walk again? Or maybe whoever lived there, that that person was a zombie and they smashed their head in so they would stop and then they ran away?
0: Maybe? I don't know. I just kind of assumed that there was a person there and they were a zombie and Ben killed them. Or maybe it was just a regular person and he killed them and then killed him again.
1: Ben doesn't show up until after.
0: I thought he was there already though.
1: No, because she gets there and she does the whole, like, she's walking around the house, like, looking at everything. And then she goes to go outside and that's when Ben shows up. He, like, ran over because he, his backstory is that I know he talks about the gas station and seeing, like, the tanker, like, heading down and all the zombies hanging onto it. Or the ghouls. He was down the street. He jumped into a truck to listen to the radio. And that's when he saw the gasoline thing come by. He had the truck and he had crashed it. And then he got up and I think just ran and found the house. And so they kind of meet up almost at the same time she gets there. She just has enough time to get her knife and to look around and try to figure things out.
0: Then that dead body was probably someone who... Was also trying to hide there, but made it too late. Yeah. The house is so creepy, though. You get inside and then it's, oh, here's a bunch of deer heads on the wall. Here's a dead body. Here's Ben.
1: It's very claustrophobic. And then as soon as the zombies appear outside, it really is just like you're you're trapped. More and more zombies just keep showing up.
0: Yeah, do you want to be trapped inside with these dead bodies and this random man? Or outside with all these ghouls?
1: I don't want to live in the zombie apocalypse, and I don't know why anyone would want to.
0: Oh no, I would immediately kill myself. It sounds so stressful.
1: People who say... They wish the zombie apocalypse would happen. I don't think they really realize what that would mean.
0: What's the point of living in that? I just, I don't get it. Because I don't think there's any coming back from it. You can't rebuild society unless it's like a Shaun of the Dead kind of thing.
1: If you can outweigh the zombies, because their bodies will eventually deteriorate and fall apart. But I think about like the Walking Dead. And their whole thing is like, unless they find a cure anytime anyone dies, no matter what they die from, they just turn into a zombie.
0: That's what happens in this too, yeah.
1: It's just a disease that spreads, and so no matter how you die, if you die, you come back. So, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people realize that you're gonna get to a point where you're not gonna have any water, you're gonna have to learn how to hunt for your food. I don't think a lot of people realize that gasoline goes bad, so you're only gonna be able to drive a car for maybe five years, and then all the gasoline that's been processed is not, it's useless.
0: Yeah, this brings up a great point. Not only is this one of the first modern zombie films but it's also i think probably the first pandemic film
1: i think it's probably something similar although knowing the 50s there probably was some sort of like alien virus (laughs) although i think that's what this is too i think they say a meteorite came down
0: yeah they say something about like a satellite and the radiation from it is what's causing all of this and it's the military's fault
1: it's always the military's fault
0: fair enough definitely the government's fault
1: barbara finds she finds the body oh she finds the body upstairs That's why she runs out. She's looking through the house. She goes upstairs, sees the body on the landing, freaks out, tries to run outside. And that's when um, she comes face to face with Ben, who was, you know, running from the zombies. I think she's just done at this point. She kind of stops communicating for a little while. Ben is trying to talk to her and try to figure out what's going on and what's happening, and she's just kind of standing there in shock with her knife.
0: You think he's used to random white lady also talking and treating him like that, whether or not there are zombies outside? Probably why he's just like, whatever, fuck this. I'm just going to keep killing zombies.
1: Because Ben is a black man, he might be more used to thinking on your feet in a difficult situation where Barbara, as a white middle class lady, probably her life probably isn't really that hard so she's never really had to think in a panic because ben is on it he's like we need to get car we need to drive out of here as soon as ben comes in and barbara stops talking that's the moment when we're like okay ben's our hero let's focus on ben oh at this point they think there's only two zombies and so ben's like you know what i can take them and i can just get rid of them he's like you stay in here so ben goes outside Attacks and defeats the zombies, but while he's doing that, a zombie gets inside and tries to kill Barbara, but Ben also takes care of that one all of the zombies show up. So they're stuck in the house.
0: Yeah, I think at one point they're looking and they're like, okay, there's six or seven. And then they look again and they're like, now there's like 10 or 12 of them. So they definitely know that people are inside.
1: Ben is pretty clever because he notices they don't like the headlights on the car. So he is like, they probably don't like fire either. So he, he sets a, a, like a sofa on fire and throws it outside to keep them at bay um, while they're trying to figure things. Things out so I I just love how smart and resourceful Ben is it's so nice to have characters that aren't completely idiots in a horror movie
0: it's nice to have that and also have it be the hero the smart guy is also this black man I just keep thinking like I cannot imagine being A kid or like younger person going to see this movie in a theater and expecting you know like a Clint Eastwood or whatever kind of thing and then getting this
1: I watched something where Stephen King talked about he went to see it when it first came out when he was a kid um, or when he was young and he talked about how like the movie theater was pretty loud and then as soon as the movie started everyone got silent so silent So it was really effective.
0: So this was before the rating system, too. So you could have been a kid at any age going to see this. And the movies that were coming out before now, or at least the, you know, horror movies, I guess, seem to be all like, you know, B movies. and B
1: sci-fi movies because of the 50s and
0: yeah. Stuff like that. So this really did bridge the gap between this and like the more serious, realistic horror, too.
1: Barbara and Ben work together to barricade, and by both of them, I mean Ben. kept writing, Barbara is useless, because Ben's like, hey, go see if you can find any wood or anything, and she brings back three pieces of, like, balsa wood.
0: You know, he wasn't specific enough. She tried.
1: She did. She's trying. She's very traumatized, and this is the moment, as they're barricading, Ben kind of gives his backstory of what he was doing before he got to the house and the zombie attack happened. There's a radio in the truck. I had jumped in to listen to it when a big gasoline truck came screaming right across the road. But there must have been 10, 15 of those things chasing after it. I slammed on my brakes to keep from hitting it myself. It went right through the guardrail. Didn't know if the truck was going to explode or what. I looked back at the diner to see if, if there was anyone there who could help me. That was when I noticed that the entire place had been encircled. There wasn't a sign of life left. I was alone, with 50 or 60 of those things, just standing there, staring at me. I started to drive. I just plowed right through them. Just wanted to crush them. Scattered through the air like bugs.
0: So Ben tells Barbara all that, right? And then she's basically like, oh, here's what happened to me. And then she starts to get a little more hysterical. I really like this part. You know who I would cast in a remake of this as barbara
1: hugh jackman
0: yes how did you know no uh juno temple the whole time i was watching it i was like hmm she really reminds me of just the the look of keely from uh taglasso
1: barbara tells ben the whole story of what happened with her and johnny and it pretty much just ends with her not being able to accept the fact that he died oh he's still out there we have to go get him we gotta go get him and ben's just like i'm sorry but your brother is dead Don't you know what's going on out there? This is no Sunday school picnic! Don't you understand? My brother is alone! Your brother is dead. No! My brother is not dead! And this is when she slaps him and then he punches her. Just kind of puts her on the couch.
0: Fair enough. What else can you do? Because otherwise she's probably going to try to run outside and let some zombies in. And then he's going to be screwed. Which
1: is what she was trying to do, yeah.
0: I understand. You, you've got to be at a 10 all the time if you're in the middle of a zombie outbreak. There's no time to try and reason with someone.
1: Oh, maybe this is when he lights the couch.
0: The radio broadcast goes on.
1: Yeah, the radio comes on, so he gets a little more info on the zombies. And then I think this is when he... Ben makes the torch... And he kicks, like, the little recliner outside and lights it on fire.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, I think you're right, because he takes apart the table.
1: I think he lit a person on fire. I think he lit, like, a zombie on fire and threw them outside. Oh,
0: yeah, no, he did, because uh, that's the screenwriter, the zombie that he lights on fire.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Because he was
0: there visiting the set, and no one else wanted to do the stunt, so he was like, well... I'll do it. And they set him on fire. Brave man. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it.
1: Ben looks around in the closet, finds a gun and some shoes, which is fun. So he gives Barbara some shoes. She wakes up. She's a lot more calm now.
0: Just needed a nap.
1: She's in her catatonic state again. So he tells her, hey, I'm going to go upstairs. You stay down here. I'll hear if anything happens. And so the whole time while he is going up and moving the body, you hear the radio giving an update. This is kind of where the movie also shifts again, because this is when you find out there have been five people just hiding in the basement the whole time.
0: These motherfuckers. Well, that one motherfucker. The rest of them are cool.
1: Yeah, and Ben's pissed, because he's like, you didn't hear us struggling up here? And they're like, well, we didn't know if you needed help or not.
0: And Ben has a good point. He's like, you heard a lady screaming up here, and you didn't bother to come and check? They're like, oh... You wanted us to, to sacrifice our life to help someone? He's like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Fuck you.
1: Yeah, so Harry, Cooper, and Ben, they butt heads right away. So down down in the basement, there is essentially like a mom and a dad and their daughter. And then like two, two. I don't know if they're married or they're just dating. I think they're just dating. Um, and two adults that are like in a relationship. Yeah, Harry is probably the worst. Everyone else seems pretty willing to work together to make sure they don't get eaten. And Harry is all about himself. He doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself and his family.
0: Yeah, having Ben opposite this insecure middle-aged white man was a great choice. It adds just another layer of tension.
1: Harry and Ben get in a fight about how they should all go downstairs... And Ben's like, no, it's dumb. We're going to stay up here. And he's like, also, anything that's up here is not going down to the basement. So the radio, the radio is staying upstairs. If you're stupid enough to go die in that trap, that's your business. However, I am not stupid
0: enough to follow you. It is tough for the kid that old man is so stupid. Now, you get the hell down in the cellar. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. I think that's fair. Equality for all. We're all the boss of our own separate part of the house.
1: The young guy, Tom, he is pretty much on Ben's side, so yeah, it makes more sense we stay up here. We have more escape routes in case something goes wrong, so he tells his girlfriend, Judy, to come upstairs. The actor who plays Harry Cooper, his name is Carl Hardman. He became really good friends with Dwayne Jones, the actor who plays Ben. Oh, good that was really sweet. They they were really good friends and he was really sad when Dwayne passed away.
0: Oh yeah, he passed away like pretty young. He was like, what, early 50s? I think so. Poor guy. Well, it's nice. It's nice to know that the, the cast, despite all of the tension on screen, were friends off screen.
1: Yeah, and I guess they had a really good time filming. There was an interview where someone asked Dwayne Jones like what what was you know the hardest thing about filming or it was something like that and he was like well we had to kill a moth once that was really hard oh
0: he sounds so sweet and he was just punching everyone in this movie
1: Harry goes downstairs, talks to his wife Helen, and they talk about how their their daughter is asleep because she was injured. We'll find out later what that injury is. You know what the
0: injury is. We all know. The second you see that girl, you just think, "Oh, thank God, they didn't go downstairs."
1: Well, I think the first time you watch it, you might think, "Oh, she's probably sick or something." And then when you hear it later on they're like, "Yeah, she got bit." You're like, "Oh, no."
0: Oh, fuck. She's Coming to get you. I like that Harry's wife also thinks he's a dumb piece of shit. Like she's not sugarcoating it at all.
1: She finds out that there's a radio upstairs and that Harry has locked them downstairs. She's pissed.
0: Well, I think they found a TV too. So once she hears that, she's like, "I'm going upstairs."
1: Helen's like, "I'm going upstairs." She sends Judy down to um watch her daughter. Harry reluctantly follows Helen upstairs. Helen tries really hard to talk to Barbara, but Barbara's still a little, uh, in shock, so that doesn't go necessarily well. Yeah, Ben
0: says, leave my friend Barb alone and shut the fuck up.
1: And that's when they get the TV from, and they're, the TV from upstairs, and they plug it in, they're able to get all the information about the disease It's from space. Yeah, they get a whole, like, news report.
0: It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life. And committing acts of murder. Yeah, this was pretty cool, too, because I guess the Pittsburgh police, they sent, like, personnel and stuff to be in the movie so a lot of the guys that you see are actual like pittsburgh police officers from that time
1: and i think the newscaster was an actual like celebrity newscaster mm-hmm. in pittsburgh yeah i watched something where they were talking about all of the dead movies one of the guys is joking around because romero shot pretty much everything in pittsburgh and so he's like you cannot walk around that town without running into someone who had at least played a zombie
0: yeah i believe it
1: after the news report, or during it, I think, Helen goes back downstairs because her daughter woke up, and she's like, I hurt. And I'm like, oh no. Because you're undead.
0: Oh, I think during the news report, too, they say, burn up all the bodies. Like, you're not going to have time for funeral arrangements. You've got a couple minutes. Burn them up. All persons who die during this crisis, from whatever cause, will come back to life to seek human victims unless their bodies are first disposed of by cremation.
1: Burn them up. Their plan is they need to get to the pump to get the gas, fill the truck up, come back, get everybody in there and essentially drive off. So they're like, let's make some Molotov cocktails to try to keep the zombies at bay. Uh, Not a bad plan. Tom and Judy have a little heart to heart before things go terribly wrong. And Judy's just really sad because she wants to call her parents, but they know they can't because the phone lines are down. Then it's time to do our terrible, well, it's not a terrible plan. It goes wrong pretty quickly. Ben and Tom go outside. They're beating off the zombies and Harry is throwing Molotov cocktails from upstairs so that Tom and Ben can get in the truck. Judy runs out, of course, because she's like, I need to help too. So they all drive to the pump in the process of filling up the truck Tom is in a panic, spills it. Uh, It starts to light on fire, and then they drive off and leave Ben all by himself. And then the truck explodes. R.I.P. Judy and Tom.
0: Would you rather go that way? or yes yeah I think I would too I don't want to get eaten by a zombie it sounds so slow
1: yeah these zombies are way too slow
0: like unless you like get my jugular immediately and I bleed out within seconds hopefully just burn me up I guess
1: that's why I think slow zombies are kind of more terrifying than fast ones because the fast ones will kill you really fast and that sucks but the slow ones are gonna eat you
0: alive you're gonna yeah probably be alive during the whole thing yeah, R.I.P. Tom and Judy. They were pretty cool up until they burst into flames.
1: Exploded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or um, kids. Ben is able to make his way back to the house, and he's pissed because when he gets to the house, fucking Harry won't let him in at first. So Ben has to kind of force his way in. Yeah, of course he's pissed. Ben and Harry have a fight. Ben like beats the shit out of him, rightfully so. Yeah,
0: they don't have a fight. Ben just pummels <laughs> him.
1: I drag you out there and feed you those things. <laughs>
0: He probably should have. The movie would not have ended any different, but he would have deserved it.
1: The group that's left, they start trying to figure out what they should do, and Barbara just gets really sassy about, like, time.
0: Oh, ten minutes until the radio.
1: Helen says, oh, you know, in ten minutes, the the radio will come on and we'll get another report. And Barbara's like, oh, yeah, just ten minutes? What's the big deal about ten minutes?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Barbara has fully lost it at this point. She plays it so
1: well. They're trying to figure out, okay, like, what are we going to do? Brabber's like, oh, well, Johnny has the keys. And they're like, "You, you have a car? But at the same moment, we also find out that Helen and Harry's daughter was bitten. So that's not gonna end very well. I'm
0: surprised that the second they said that, Ben did not just go downstairs and shoot that girl in the head. I
1: think at that moment, they didn't say that bites could kill you i don't think i think they say it on the next um maybe i don't know do they ever say that the bite will kill you they say that they eat flesh but i don't think they say the bite will necessarily kill you no i don't
0: think they do either because i think the only thing in the next thing that comes on the radio or the tv is like hey national guards involved here's where to go
1: oh wait this next part is when they say that anybody who dies during the crisis no matter what they die from comes back to life
0: Oh, okay. We'll see, so you should have killed that little girl. Unless
1: their bodies are disposed by cremation. Yeah, and then we find out the National Guard and, like, law enforcement, they're running around and killing the ghouls. Kill the brain, kill the ghoul. So you've got to do some sort of head injury to stop them which makes sense because we saw Ben earlier shoot a guy like three times in the chest it didn't do nothing yeah he just kept staggering at him and then what's the best thing that could happen right now the power goes out so good way to up the panic oh no what's gonna happen the zombies kind of start to kind of get through some of the barricades They kind of start to break in. Ben and Harry kind of have a argument about the gun. And Ben's like, I, oh, Ben shoots him. That's right. Yup. He says, fuck you, Harry. He shoots Harry because Harry is getting way out of control. So Harry goes down into the cellar and his daughter is there. But she's a zombie now. So she eats him.
0: Iconic. Good for her. She, I think, just takes out his heart and eats it like an apple.
1: Uh, yeah, it's great. And then Helen is getting attacked. She's standing close to a window and Barbara finally has a moment where she's like, I'm going to go help. And she helps enough that Helen is able to get away and go downstairs to get to her daughter. And then Helen is attacked and shoveled to death.
0: Yeah. What does she have? Like a like garden shears? And she just fucking stabbed her. It really sucks that like Barbara's like, I'm going to be proactive and save this woman and then accidentally sends her to her death.
1: I think this is the moment where the zombies start to get through the door and Johnny is there and he's a zombie now and he grabs Barbara. So RIP Barbara, she gets pulled into the zombies.
0: At least her and her brother get to hang out now.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's very nice. That's
0: all she wanted.
1: Ben goes downstairs barricades himself in the cellar which is ironic because that's the last place he wanted to be he kills all the zombies that are down there daughter goes after him right when does that happen does that happen before all the zombies get inside she comes upstairs
0: no i'm pretty sure he goes downstairs doesn't he and he shoots her and the parents
1: oh maybe that's what happens when he goes downstairs he does all of that yeah you're right yeah harry gets up ben shoots him same with helen (laughs) all the zombies get into the house but they're not able to get into the cellar and morning comes around yay ben's made it to the morning uh the national guard and the police they come in and start killing all the ghouls and ben goes upstairs because he can hear he can hear all the people that aren't zombies and he's like finally i'm saved but he's not and he gets shot because they think he is one of the ghouls. And, yep, the credits show him being pulled out of the house and burned up with the other zombies. And that is how our movie ends.
0: What a gut punch. After all of that.
1: Ben could survive the zombie attack, but he couldn't survive American racism.
0: See, you've got this, like, hillbilly militia that shows up, basically. And there have been lengthy debates on whether or not they thought, oh, this guy must be a zombie, or if they just saw a black man and killed him in cold blood. What what do you think?
1: I think they were way too far away because they shoot him through a window. So it wasn't like he ran onto the porch and was like, hey, I'm alive. Plot wise, they thought he was for sure a ghoul. But I think subtext is very different.
0: I agree if I'm just looking at it as a as the movie they intended, not a social commentary. Because you see him at the window, but there's so much shadow on him that there's no way they would have been able to tell what race he was.
1: And with as many zombies as they killed, I wouldn't expect anybody to be alive in that farmhouse.
0: No, definitely not. The photos at the end, though, are probably the most disturbing part of the movie. Looking at that part again today, realize that it
1: looks like a lynch mob. Yeah,
0: it literally looks like the photos you see of the KKK like dragging dead bodies through the street or lynching people it's really fucked up like nothing in the movie got me except for that last part during the credits
1: it's such a hard reality slap in the face
0: it's so bleak and I was not expecting it to be when I first saw this film.
1: Want to learn an interesting fact?
0: Yes.
1: The pictures at the end were actually taken by Carl Hardman, who played Harry Cooper. Because he was a photographer. He also did makeup for the film. I think he also did some audio for the film.
0: Wow. He's just a jack of all trades. Oh, did you know that Tom Savini was supposed to do the effects for it?
1: Yeah, he was in Vietnam.
0: That's crazy.
1: Tom Savini later comes back. I think he does the makeup on Dawn of the Dead and then he directed Day of the Dead.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: And I think one of the things he has said about why his makeup effects look so good is because he was in war, so he knows what it's really supposed to look like.
0: Oh, that's a fair point probably did them a favor that he had to go to war oh no we lost that one
1: i think it's more about using this terrible like thing that happened to you and you know that was probably his creative outlet yeah
0: it's like how forrest gump came home and made that shrimp restaurant right
1: (laughs) just the same it's exactly
0: the same
1: (laughs) oh man
0: wow and that's the whole movie
1: yeah that's the, the whole movie I wonder if there are any racists who watched this movie who actually ended up relating to Ben and like how that must have felt to watch him be killed at the end. At least probably a couple, right? A couple people who didn't realize they were actually rooting for Ben to survive.
0: I mean, that's the problem with like white people viewing black media like that is they still have such a sense of disconnect that like how people are always like oh how could I be racist I listen to rap music I'm sure
1: I have one black friend I'm not a racist
0: yeah I'm sure it was kind of around the same sure I am a racist but I don't want you to actually think that so I'm gonna say something dumb like well how could I be racist I like that black man from that movie
1: but yeah that's a night of the living dead very bleak
0: very bleak
1: Then again, I guess most zombie films are pretty bleak.
0: I can't think of any other than, like, a zombie land, maybe, that ends happily.
1: Shaun of the Dead.
0: Shaun of the Dead, yeah.
1: I like how quickly in Night of the Living Dead they just deal with the zombie problem, by the way. When they go to interview, like, the guy who's leading the task force, and they're just like, What do you think? You had this wrapped up in 24 hours? He's like, Yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I wish the government were that efficient at handling pandemics.
0: Oh yeah, it's about to be like two years. If there were actual an actual zombie outbreak, we'd be fucked. I think that's part of why I would just die immediately.
1: We have seen how America deals with a pandemic and it's uh, uh, not good. Not great. One star. Do not recommend. Not great. Not very good at all. I think that's everything. You want to do ratings? Yeah, let's do Ratings. You want to start with general ratings then?
0: Yeah, do it. Tell me. What do you got?
1: I think I'm going to give this a 4.5 out of 5. It's a classic. It defined the genre, but I think there are certain... And it might just be like makeup that I don't think holds up as well, but it's, it's pretty much a perfect film, almost.
0: I was on the same track. I gave it a 4 out of 5. I can't place why, though. Like, it is very good. The effects, for the most part are very good i just feel like there's something missing but i I cannot put my finger on it
1: i think the best way i can think of to describe this movie it's a classic you should watch it it's like the citizen kane of zombie films where you can see how much it influenced everything but we've gotten to a point now where i think some movies have done it better but you can still appreciate it for the building blocks it really built for the genre
0: This is, like, the framework for all of these movies. And the more it got built onto, I've seen much better zombie movies, but this definitely still has a lot of value.
1: Horrorstruck ratings! Riley, how horrorstruck did this movie make you?
0: A one. It's a one for me, boss. There's nothing really scary in this movie except for...
1: Except racism.
0: Oh, yeah. Those photos at the end, like, upset me, but I wasn't afraid of them. The dead body in the house is kind of creepy... But I've seen scarier stuff. It was a one. I'm not going to stay up at night afraid of this film.
1: Yeah, same. It's a one for me.
0: That's a wrap. Now, what are we watching next week? What are we doing?
1: Uh, next week, we will be reviewing the new film, Halloween Kills.
0: Hell yeah. I'm so excited.
1: We'll give you our, our thoughts and feelings on that.
0: I am so pumped for this movie. I've seen a few reviews and they don't like it, which sounds great. Probably going to go with my friend Erin, because I know she likes the Halloween movies.
1: I wasn't a huge fan of 2018, so we'll see how I feel about this one.
0: I love 2018. Honestly, I might watch that tomorrow, depending on what we end up watching no, tonight. No, I'm,
1: I'm not going to watch oh. it again. I'll watch a little summer No, video, it's so fun. I'm, I can't Those
0: watch Those podcasters? It <laughs> what a bunch of assholes.
1: Oh, man. I, I'm intrigued to see how we're both going to land on this one. Because if it goes crazy enough, I think I might be swayed into the really having, enjoying it and having a great time. I'm going to try to see it at a pre-showing. I want to see it with people in the theater. I hope it's not too busy, but I do want to see it with like a, a, a liked crowd.
0: That's a good idea.
1: And I feel like that pre-show energy might be more fun to watch with. Yeah.
0: Cause that's probably like the, I am a diehard fan of these movies. I'm going to be here for the first showing. Or the first chance I can.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right, horror fans, thank you for listening to this week's episode of HorrorStruck. If you want to hear more from us, you can head on over to Twitter and Instagram, where we are at HorrorStruckPod. Or you can check us out on Facebook at HorrorStruckPodcast. If you have any movie recommendations, you can go ahead and tweet those at us and give it your very own horror-struck rating. Until next time, horror fans, remember, stay spooky. Bye! Goodbye!